Welcome to eBible Fellowship's Sunday Bible Study. For broadcast times in your area of these studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now it's time to begin our Sunday study with your speaker, Chris McCann. Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship Sunday Afternoon Bible Study. Today we're going to be looking at the date once again of October 7th and how it is the 1600th day since May 21, 2011. And the Bible indicates that Judgment Day began on the world on May 21, 2011. That's the date that the Bible locked in and confirmed as the day God ended his salvation program. And we've talked about this uh, often. We've discussed it in detail how God completed his salvation program on that day. He saved the last of his elect and that enabled the Lord to shut the door of heaven and, and to stop saving people because there were no more to become saved. All of the elect had already had the gospel applied to their souls, the blood of Christ, uh, as though blood in a basin was applied with the hyssop of the word of God to the souls of the elect, and therefore the application of Christ's atoning work was finished. It was completed. All the lost sheep of the house of Israel had been found. Everyone whose name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life had become saved. And, and that was the gospel evangelization program of God. It was his magnificent salvation plan to search and find the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And now, by May 21, 2011, all had been found. And and so, to put it simply, it means there is now no one else to become saved. And that's why God isn't saving people. That's why we say, because the Bible indicates and declares, there's no more salvation. The door to heaven is now closed. The light of the gospel is now out. The water of the gospel is now all dried up across the face of the earth. All because God has triumphed and won the victory. He has done what he set out to do in saving his people. It, May 21, 2011, actually, when viewed in the right light, is a day of tremendous victory for the kingdom of heaven and for the Lord Jesus Christ because it is the day that he completed his salvation plan and and saved the last one. It It is similar to um, the deliverance of all Israel out of Egypt. It, it is the day the last one of the Israelites spiritually, the spiritual Jews, came out of the kingdom of Satan. Previously, they were held 
in captivity to sin and Satan, but now all were delivered. It was the day of the great exodus, the great deliverance of God's people. And so all came forth out of spiritual Egypt or spiritual Babylon, as God likens the two, actually. The Old Testament really speaks of two great deliverances. The Israelites from the land of Egypt, delivered by Moses, and the people of Judah out of the land of Babylon, who were set free by King Cyrus, king of the Medes and the Persians. And he is a type of Christ as well as Moses when he delivered his people. Well, the people of God were spiritually delivered, spiritually set free, spiritually enjoyed the great salvation of God by May 21, 2011. All of the elect were now delivered and, and were brought forth out of the dungeon, out of the dark kingdom of Satan. And another similarity with the deliverance from Egypt is that once God did deliver the people of Israel and and brought them all forth with a, a tremendous, a great, a wonderful deliverance, all the mighty miracles God did in bringing the plagues upon Egypt to uh, break Pharaoh, to humble him, to the point of finally letting the people of God go. It was uh, just uh, an incredible uh, triumph of God's kingdom over the kingdom of Satan. And yet, once Israel came out of Egypt, you know, when you read the account and and you read all that God did to deliver them, we would think, they would come forth rejoicing, and certainly they did initially, but that they would walk right out of the gates of Egypt, right out of the house of bondage, and right into a glorious promised land. We would think that's how it would have happened if, uh, if it were a story, as some people uh, like to criticize. They they just say things out of their own mind. They don't even believe it. But if it were, if the Bible were a made-up book, a fairy tale, as some accuse, then certainly after all the plagues, after the ten plagues, and after bringing Pharaoh to his knees, and the mighty kingdom of Egypt to its knees, and, and delivering all the slaves, all of the Israelites that were held in cruel bondage for hundreds of years. Certainly the, the story called for a happy ending. And, and the Israelites ought to have been brought forth and immediately, maybe after a couple of days travel, they, they should have entered into their promised land and live happily ever after. That's how fairy tales go. But that is not how God worked out the true actual history 
of the event. Because God has a principle in the Bible of trying those that profess to be his people, of of putting the fire to them as you would to silver and gold to purify them in order to make sure that they're true silver, true gold, and and not dross of some kind or or uh, some other material that will burn in the fire. So God worked it out in history so that Israel would um, murmur and complain and then God would pronounce a judgment upon them that would allow God to test them and try them for 40 years. And that's what I'd like to look at today, uh, the number 1600. The number 1600, as we've mentioned many times, breaks down to 40 times 40. 40 times 40. And 40 in the Bible is the number for testing. Even though the word test, uh, it I don't think is in the Bible. God speaks of trying or proving or uh, being tempted. And it all has the idea of test. And, and so we say the number 40 points to testing. And, and really it's proving, proving, trying the substance, gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, stubble, to putting the fire to it. It will prove what it's made of. And, and that's what God does when he tests or, or brings uh, a people into a trial. He finds out what's in their heart. What, what is really going on in the heart? Uh, you know, words are cheap as the saying goes and, and we have a world full of professed Christians. And, and so we, we're well aware that, uh, man is easily deceived and can easily deceive himself and others as to the, the true situation of his own spiritual condition. And yet God isn't deceived. God searches the hearts. He tries the reins. He examines his people to see if they are truly his people. And and so God did it with Israel after the point of a great deliverance. After a tremendous historical deliverance, God immediately put the whole nation of Israel, every one of them, and this included Moses and Joshua and Caleb and Aaron and, and any elect, the, the handful of elect of true men, truly saved individuals that were amongst Israel, and as well as the many, uh, the, the vast majority of Israelites that perished eventually in the wilderness due to unbelief, God put them all through the test of 40 years of wandering the wilderness. You know, that, that also helps us to see after May 21, 2011, after God saves a great multitude, he leaves all of the elect on the earth to go through the day of judgment which is also simultaneously 
a time of severe testing. And, and yes, God is testing all those that professed to be uh, true believers. He's not testing the church at this time. The test for the church was during the Great Tribulation period. But God is testing all those that profess to be true believers and came out of the churches and congregations. And one reason the Lord isn't testing those within the churches now is they've already failed the test. By not coming out of the church during the Great Tribulation, that that was the time of test for them, and they failed that test. And, and so, when, when you fail the test, you, you will be burned up. And, and so they were bundled as tares for the burning. And May 21, 2011 was the time of the spiritual burning of all within the churches and congregations. And it's as though they've been burning ever since. But for those that came out of the church, well, they didn't fail that aspect of the test, but God had a different program for them. Just like uh, God destroyed the Egyptians with the plagues, but he didn't destroy those unsaved Israelites with the plagues, he reserved something else for them. Those Israelites, they were tested after the deliverance, after the plagues had set them free, and after God had wrought that mighty victory, then those Israelites were put to the fire of testing throughout the 40-year period. And and uh, it, it was seen, well, they might have been physically delivered, and they were. They were delivered by Moses, by God that way, but but the vast majority of them were not spiritually delivered. And the testing program of 40 years demonstrated that. It was shown again and again over the course of that prolonged period of time that God says was a day of temptation. He says that in Hebrews chapter 3. It was 40 years and God calls it a day. A prolonged period of time. Now, now, uh, since God calls it a day of temptation, we could look historically at the deliverance of Israel from Egypt this way. They were delivered on that day in 1447 B.C., the, the day which would be the Passover. And remember, they were observing the Passover feast. They were putting the blood on their doorposts. And, and that night, uh, the Lord came through and slew all the firstborn of the Egyptians, and and he passed over the Israelites who had the blood uh, on their doorpost, and then Pharaoh let them go. So we know it was at the time of the Passover, and all Israel came out and were delivered historically, and and then they left Egypt and were tempted or tried or proved by God for a day. That's all it was, as as the language of the Bible indicates. It, it was deliverance and judgment and testing, all wrapped up in one. And at the end of the day, after 40 years, 
the one generation that murmured and uh, and uh, due to unbelief they died out their carcasses were laying in the wilderness and and then Joshua led them into the promised land pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ bringing his people into the kingdom of heaven and it, it could be said it only was a day it was only a day so it was in a sense an immediate transport from from Egypt into the promised land but in actuality it was 40 years 40 years a prolonged period of time so we can see many similarities can't we because this is exactly what God did on May 21 2011 he freed all the spiritual slaves all spiritual Israel and then he he brought us forth into a time of severe testing, just as Israel of old, and, and God let it be known it was severe testing by opening up the information that it would be for 1600 days, 40 times 40, and yet it's all judgment day. It's all viewed by God as a single day. May 21, 2011 was the day God's people thought will will be delivered, will be raptured, will be the day of the resurrection, and will enter into heaven. And looking at it from the perspective of an elongated day, a prolonged time period, uh, it's 1,600 days, four years, four months, and 16 days, in actuality, but just a day. It, it's just a day. Actually, the Bible even looks at it as a moment. In a moment of time it is how God is describing the whole period of judgment. And then his people will, in all likelihood, on October 7th, 2015, enter into the new heaven and new earth, into the promised land. There, there are many similarities. Well, let me just read the verse where we learned about 1,600 days. And it's in Revelation 14 in the context of Judgment Day. And therefore, in the context of when judgment began, May 21, 2011, the final judgment of the world, God says in Revelation 14, verse 20, And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. And a thousand and six hundred is sixteen hundred, which breaks down to forty times forty. And, you know, it's amazing in many ways when we've talked about this, how sixteen hundred fits with 8,400 days of the Great Tribulation to form 10,000. We've talked about how 1,600 days from May 21, 2011 falls on October 7, 2015, which is the last day of harvest. The harvest is the end of the world, the Bible says. And it's the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And God relates the phrase, the last day, six times to the end of the world and twice to the Feast of Tabernacles. And and we've gone over all that. But it's also amazing 
that that God gives the number 1600 in the context of Judgment Day, and that number breaks down to 40 times 40. 40. The number 40. It, it's a number that it is very significant in the Bible. Very significant, and it's a number, as we were just discussing, used in relationship to deliverance and to judgment and testing. A combination of judgment and testing, as God did with Israel. And and we're, we're going to look at some of the verses that deal with the number 40, and and just think that this is the number that God gives us that leads us and directs us to October 7th of this year. And October 7th will be the 40th 40. That day will be the 40th 40 since May 21, 2011. And in another way of looking at that is ever since May 21, 2011, we have been going through periods of 40. It's as though we were counting day one all the way up to 40. And then again, day one all the way up to 40. And and do that three times, ten times, twenty times, thirty times. And on October 7th of 2015, it will be the 40th time, the 40th 40-day period since May 21, 2011. And, you know, when the number 40 is reached, things change. Things change in the Bible. For instance, in Genesis chapter 15, it says in verse 13, this is the Lord speaking to Abram, and he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. And, of course, God is historically referring to the Israelites becoming slaves in Egypt and being afflicted for a 400-year period, even though they were 430 years total in Egypt, the first 30 years they weren't afflicted because Joseph was second in command to Pharaoh. They, no one would dare afflict uh, one of Joseph's family, an Israelite. But 30 years later, you know how things transpire. Well, Joseph's power begins to wane. That Pharaoh who loved Joseph so much uh, he, he dies, another pharaoh takes his place. The people of Egypt are envious and, and jealous of these Jews. And, and so the affliction begins slowly with, with some discrimination against them in small matters. And it increases and increases and increases until they're in bondage, in captivity as slaves. And suffering cruel bondage. So the entire period of affliction was 400 years. 400 is 10 times 40. 
10 times 40 would be a special emphasis on completion, as even the number 40 has within it 4 times 10. 4 points to the furthest extent of what's ever in view, and 10 to completeness. That's that's what the number 40 points to. It's the furthest extent of a trial or a test and the completion of a trial or a test. When you get to 40 days, you're, you're tried, you're tempted, you're proved throughout the 40, but it's when once you get to the 40th, the 40th day or the 40th year or the 400th year that the trial and the test and, and the period of proving comes to a conclusion. It's finished. It's completed. The, the 400 years of affliction brought Israel to the point of deliverance. And God raised up a deliverer in Acts chapter 7, it says, beginning in verse 22, And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and was mighty in words and in deeds. And when he was full forty years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him, who was oppressed, and smote the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. Now, remember, God said to Abram, 400 years. And Moses was a learned man, and he knew the timeline. He knew the timeline. Remember how God uh, kept track of time in the Bible through uh, calendar reference patriarchs. And those calendar reference patriarchs were in Moses' own family. Aaron was the, the part of that time bridge that spanned the period of Israel's stay in Egypt. And Moses was very familiar with the promise to Abram and exactly how long Israel had been in Egypt. And so he was looking at the promise of 400 years, and when Moses was a full 40 years, and notice that, Moses is 40. Again, the number of testing, trial, proving. When he was 40, Israel had been in Egypt for 390 years. It was approaching 400 years. And here Moses is, uh, he, he knows the promise given to Abram of 400 years. And, uh, well, you can see how much uh, impact that kind of statement that they would serve a people for, be afflicted for 400 years and, and then come out with great substance would would have on Moses and the Jews uh, as they would have been aware of uh, their forefathers and, and the things that God had told them, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
and, and Moses also aware of the timeline, and Moses in a position of power and authority. What what an incredible position he was in, and he would look around at all of the, his his brethren, and they were slaves. They were under um, the the whip, and Moses was in Pharaoh's court. Moses was a prince of Israel, or excuse me, a prince of Egypt. He had to be the deliverer. Who else uh, could deliver the Jews? It it had to be him. And you see how, you know, this teaches us something about how God's people think and how God works things out with timelines, with the people of God looking towards the timeline and drawing conclusions. And here God is letting us see, uh, really, Moses' mind at work. He was definitely thinking, we're coming up on 400 years, and it'll take some time to deliver these people. That's not something you can do in a day. So I better start doing what I can do. I better start making movement in the direction of delivering the people, because... Well, you know, Moses, I don't know if at this point he was the most humble or meek man. Uh, You know, God had not yet humbled him in 40 years in the wilderness in Midian. But but he was thinking rationally. He was thinking uh, biblically and uh, reasonably. He would be the deliverer. It had to be him. And yet... It didn't work out. It didn't work out. We see at that time he was off a little bit. He was off. It Was he wrong for looking at the statement to Abraham or Abram? No. No. And, and he was thinking 400 years total since Israel came into Egypt. He missed the key word afflicted. Afflicted. And he... He didn't realize, well, those first few decades under Joseph, we weren't afflicted. And so God even was trying him when he was 40. What would Moses' reaction be if he thought he would be the deliverer? And what would Moses' reaction be if his thinking he would be the deliverer and being wrong about it would cost him the high post uh, within Pharaoh's family and and, uh, his position in Pharaoh's court, and he would have to flee Egypt. You you see how God, at this period of, of 40, over the next 40 years, was going to test Moses even more. And we read in verse 27 of Acts 7, But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Wilt thou kill me, as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Then fled Moses at this saying, and was a stranger in the land of Midian, where he begat two sons. And when forty years were expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush." 
Now, this 40-year um, mention in verse 30 is talking about the, the 40 years in Midian. So Moses is now 80 years old. He, uh, he's, um, he was 40 in Egypt, and that didn't work out. He was incorrect about um, where to place the timeline uh, or where to begin that 400-year period and, and therefore where it would uh, conclude. And uh, he, he was off by, uh, by about 30 years. And, uh, and yet God continued to test him for the next 40 years. You see how God, uh, in Israel's history, 400 years they'll be afflicted. Moses shows up. 40 years when he's a full 40, he thinks he's the deliverer. And yet, doesn't work out at that point, so he has to flee Egypt. And then 40 more years, he's in the wilderness tending sheep. And and then God comes to him again. Again. A second time. And, you know, Moses is... Um, has been humbled and, and he, he doesn't see who he is to be a deliverer anymore. Before he thought, well, yeah, I'm the man because I have this high position in Pharaoh's court, but no longer. He's just a sheep herder. He's just a shepherd. And now he's humbled as God appears to him at the burning bush. And yet it's God's plan. It's God's plan to go and deliver His people Israel. It, it, it is now the 400th year of affliction. It, it's the 10 times 40, and this agrees with the completion of Moses' second period of 40 years. And so it, it's coming to the point of Israel's testing within Egypt has come to a close and and when the 400 years expires they will be delivered and come out with great substance by the way there's another uh 400 here you know the history of Israel uh, is just full of 40s and and 400s but uh from the period of Moses actual deliverance now and in 1447 B.C., remember the Jews said to Moses, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Well, look at Acts 7, uh, verse 35. It says, This Moses, whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. In the Bible, a judge is the same as a deliverer. Ehud delivered Israel, or Gideon delivered Israel, and they were judges. And and Moses delivered Israel. Moses was a judge. And the period of the judges really began in 1447 B.C. when Moses delivered Israel and the period of the judges would go until the the first king of Israel, uh, who would be Saul. And Saul became king in 1047 B.C., 400 years 
later exactly. 400 years from Moses, God using Moses to deliver Israel from Egypt, and then down through all the period of the judges, and after entering into the land of Canaan, in 1407, it would be 360 years, which is the typical time period we think of the judges. But we have to add the 40 years when Moses delivered. 400 years um, is actually the period of judges. And throughout the 400-year period of the judges, God was testing Israel. He would allow um, a nation to rise like the Philistines or or some other nation, to afflict Israel. And then he would raise up a deliverer. And uh, it, it actually is following the pattern that God established with Israel in Egypt. They were afflicted and then delivered at the end of the 400 years. Well, also, uh, after Saul became king, how long did Saul reign? 40 years. Following Saul, King David became king in 1007 BC. How long did he reign? 40 years. And Solomon also reigned 40 years, but part of that was um, with a co-regency with David. And yet Solomon reigned 40 years. And before Saul, leading up uh, to the completion of the 400-year period of Judges, Eli was judged, the last judge, for, well, let's see, was Eli and then the ark was taken. Yeah, Eli was the last judge for 40 years. And just again and again, repeatedly, God uses the number 40. It's an intricate part of Israel's history. Israel and, and their various periods, there are various programs as history unfolded. God has it all wrapped up in the number 40. For instance, from the birth of Jacob and Esau in 2007 BC until the birth of Christ, 2,000 years, which would be 40 times 50 or 5 times 10 times 40. Again, 40 in view. From King David's ascension to the throne of Israel in 1007 B.C. to the birth of Christ, 1,000 years. Or um, 25 times 40. And just 40, 40, 40. We, we see it used repeatedly. Even in the timeline, and in the timeline, as we would um, look at time pass, we, we find that in the increments of thousands of years period, you'll always have the number 40. Uh, 11,000 years from creation to Christ is 40 times 275, and 275 would be 5 times 5 times 10, so it would work out to be 40 times 5 times 5 times 10 from creation until the period of not not exactly Christ's birth, but 13 B.C., and then more than likely there were 2,300 evening days of 
um, a tacked on sort of tribulation period until 7 BC. And, and, and the number 40 is, uh, intimately involved in that. Or, from creation to the end of the world, as the end of the world began in the year 1988, that's when the Great Tribulation started, judgment began at the house of God, and, and really the final phase of the end of the world, uh, began at that point too. Well, 13,000 years breaks down to 40 times 325. And 325 breaks down to 5 times 5 times 13. So from creation, from the time that God created Adam in 11,013 BC, until we reach the end of the world, it it is a period of 40 times 5 times 5 times 13 years. 40 Again, itself can be broken down to furthest, furthest extent and completeness. We, we reach finally the end point, the furthest extent of time. And all throughout human history, all throughout the, the, the world's existence, God has been testing. He's been trying and proving. And, and then when we get to 1988 and the Great Tribulation, well, judgment begins throughout the Great Tribulation period, the 23 years, the 8400 days, and the 8400 days can be broken down with a 40 in it. It's 40 times 210, and 210 is 5 times 42. 42 also a number that relates to Great Tribulation. And, and during the Great Tribulation, God was testing and trying his people as he opened up the scriptures to reveal, uh, truths that had been concealed, uh, through, uh, ever since they were recorded in the Bible. And, and now the test was for those that profess to be true believers, will you obey God or unhearken to him or hearken to your church? And the things they say. And, and we realize that we were being tested. Well, 8400 days added, uh, with 1600 days added of a prolonged period of judgment totals 10,000 days. And 10,000 has within it the number 40. 40 times 250. And, and, uh, 250 is 5 times 5 times 10. And, and so we, we see a lot of times with these thousand year breakdowns that it's uh, 5 times 5. And, and 5 is the, the atonement. It, it points to, uh, Christ's, um, atoning work being completed in this case and, and his atoning work completed or the unsaved who must atone for their own sins. And and when God pours out his wrath and finishes the judgment upon them, their atoning work for their sins will have been completed with their complete destruction, their annihilation. And, uh, and so 10,000 days has 40 built within it. 1,600 days especially because 
it, it's the last stage. There's no more periods of time to come. And this is it. This is the greatest test, the most severe period of trial that God has ever devised, that he has ever set in motion. It is the final test of his people and to see who is gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, stubble. And therefore, 40 times 40. It, it's a extremely strong emphasis of, of what God's program has been. It reveals that to us He the, ever since we entered into this period of time. And certainly, uh, the, the people of God have felt it. We, we knew it right away. It, it, there was just something, um, very trying right from the beginning of May 22nd. The, the world was laughing. The world was mocking. The church was joining hands with the world, laughing at the people of God that had trusted the word of God, the Bible. And, and it, it it seemed as though the world was correct and the church was correct and God's people all wrong, as though the people of God had no insight into the Bible at all, but rather the spiritually dead and corrupt church, the apostate church, under the judgment of God, they had the true knowledge concerning God's um, plan of times and seasons. You can't know anything about it. No man knows a day or hour. And, and yet, no, no, God has revealed much information letting us know what He has been doing. And, and it all now fits together. And we're looking towards the 1600th day, the 40th 40, and we're looking towards that day as the day in which the test is finished and and finalized and completed. And it is the day that's also the 10,000th day of overall judgment, a day of completion, the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And uh, so we... Uh, are looking forward with expectation, just like Israel would have looked forward in the wilderness after, after wandering for 40 years. Let, let's, let's go, uh, to Numbers. And, uh, I just want to point out a few more 40s, um, in Numbers chapter 13. Numbers 13, beginning in verse 23. It says, And they came unto the brook of Eshkel, and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bare it between two upon a staff. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eshkel, because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching of the land after forty days. They... They've been 400 years in Egypt, and God delivers them through Moses, who just went through two periods of 40 himself, and now they come out of Egypt into the wilderness to the point of the promised land where 
They're close enough. They can search the land and they search it for 40 days. 40, 40, 40. And then look in Numbers 14. They, the spies, there were 12, excuse me, 12, um, yeah, spies that searched the land and, and of them only Joshua and Caleb uh, gave a good report. The rest give an evil report. They're fearful. They, it's as though they, they don't recognize that the Almighty who just brought, um, the, the mightiest nation in the world to, to nothing as God destroyed Egypt. It, it, it's amazing. And the Egyptians could have marched across the land of Canaan as though it were nothing with their armies. And yet God destroyed the more powerful nation, Egypt. And yet these men are, are critical and murmuring and complaining and we can't do it. And, and they are not even thinking about God and his almighty power. So no wonder God is angry with them. And we read in Numbers 14, beginning in verse 27, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation, which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say unto them, As truly as I live, saith Jehovah, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from twenty years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land, concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. But your little ones, which he said should be a prey, them will I bring in, and they shall know the land which ye have despised. But as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in this wilderness, and your children shall wander in the wilderness forty years, and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness, after the number of the days in which ye search the land, even forty days, each day for a year, shall ye bear your iniquities even forty years, and shall know my breach of promise. Forty, forty, forty. They, they uh, searched out the land forty days. God judges them. A, a year for each day. You're going to now wander the wilderness for forty years. And by the way, do you know how old uh, Caleb was? as he was one of the spies searching the land for uh, the 40-day period? Well, Caleb was 40 years old. You can read that in Joshua 14, verse 7. He was 40 years old, and and that means at the end of the 40 years, he, he would be 80, just as Moses uh, had those two periods of 40. But But again and again and again, the the number 40 in relationship especially in relationship to Israel's coming out of Egypt and going through that desert wandering through that wilderness during that wilderness uh sojourn Moses would go up into the mount wouldn't he in Deuteronomy chapter 9 and how long would Moses go up into the mount 
Well, he would go up for 40 days. Um, but, but first, it says in Deuteronomy 9, verse 7, Remember and forget not how thou provokest Jehovah thy God to wrath in the wilderness. See, that 40 years was was wrath. It's judgment of God. It, and when you hear people say, Oh, 40 is the number of testing. And well, what's it have to do with judgment day? Well, God here was provoked to wrath. And the wrath worked itself out over 40 years. Or, when God was provoked to wrath in the days of Noah. And, and uh, when he saw that the hearts of men, and it was only evil continually, what did God do? He he brought the flood. And we read uh, in Genesis 7, verse 4, For yet seven days, now cause it to rain upon the earth, forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. The flood began on the seventeenth day of the second month of Noah's calendar, and for forty days and forty nights the rain came. It was it was a picture of the wrath of God uh, as the waters began to rise higher and higher drowning the people of the world as they perished outside of the ark. And likewise, 7,000 years later, and 7,000 years, by the way, it is made up of 40 times 175, or uh, 175 is 5 times 5 times 7. So 7,000 years from the flood until May 21, 2011 is 40 times five, times five, times seven, and the, the atonement and perfection is in view. And of course, testing up until the time when God shuts the door of heaven on May 21, 2011, just as he did to the ark 7,000 years earlier. And historically, it began to rain 40 days and 40 nights spiritually, on May 21, 2011, it didn't rain 40 days and 40 nights, but God's wrath was poured out in all likelihood for 40 times 40. Now, 40 days, 40 nights mentions 40 twice, but it's different. It's a completely different thing than 40 times 40, although... It, it does carry the idea that the number 40 is um, punishment, it's wrath, as well as testing. God punishing and testing. And he did it with Israel, he did it with the, the people of the world of Noah's day, and he's doing it in our time, punishing the unsaved inhabitants of the earth while simultaneously testing those that profess to be his people. And, and and going back to Deuteronomy 9, God was provoked to wrath in the wilderness. And then it says, in beginning in verse 10, And Jehovah delivered unto me the two tables of stone, written with the finger of God, and on them was written according to all the words which Jehovah spake with you in the mount, out of the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly. 
And it came to pass at the end of forty days and forty nights that Jehovah gave me the two tables of stone, even the tables of the covenant. And Jehovah said unto me, Arise, get thee down quickly from hence for thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They are quickly turned aside out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten image." And and so forth. So Moses came down from the mount at the end of 40 days and 40 nights. And it brought judgment on the the people of Israel once again. And, and then he would go up into the mount a second time for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, so... Uh, just, just in many, many ways, as many ways uh, almost as as uh, we can think of, God keeps emphasizing forty, forty during this period, forty, 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 and then finally, though the forty years elapses, it expires, and the people of Israel are brought to the River Jordan. They're brought to the brink of a promised land. And now at the end of 40, it's time to cross over. Well, uh, there there was really a lot more information I wanted to get to, uh, but we're going to have to close at this point. Uh, we'll, we'll see if maybe we do a second study on this. I'm not sure right now, but at this point, we will close. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship Sunday Bible Study. For more information or to hear additional Bible studies, be sure to visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com.